0: Thanks for joining us for our series, A Time to Pray, and this will be our second message called When Fasting is a Must. Now, if you missed last message or you'd like to catch up or watch or listen to any of our previous messages, you can do so. You can watch us on YouTube. You can watch us on our website. Um, You can listen to our podcasts on Spotify and Apple Music. We want you to uh, be able to be fed the word of God and encouraged anytime you'd like. So uh, join us for times when uh, you need it, you're hungry, you're you're searching, you're looking for answers and uh, keep up in pace with us as we move on in this series, A Time to Pray. When fasting is a must, Jesus said, and when you fast, and I looked up Every version to make sure they were, they said when, because he didn't say if you fast. He said when, and when you fast. So Jesus saw fasting as part of the kingdom life discipleship experience with God. Now I want you to join me. Raise your hand if you are in the I fast and pray at least three times a month club. Come on, raise your hand. Anyone out there, right? How about this? Raise your hand if the only time you get a craving for Twinkies is when you declare a time of fasting and prayer, right? My hands are up, both hands. I saw an announcement in a church bulletin for a national prayer and fasting conference, and it said the cost for attending the fasting and prayer conference <laughs> includes meals. I just thought that was hilarious. Fasting. Fasting. It's like the crunches part, of your daily workout routine, no. Um, or it's like you get on a treadmill and you think you're going to jog. The next thing you're, you're, you're thinking about strolling and the next thing you're thinking about, why did I move the clothes off of it, right? I mean, it's tough. It's tough. Fasting. I was thinking about fasting. I was thinking about people that get hangry. Are, are you one of those people like that get hangry, not just hungry, but you get hangry when you're hungry? Imagine a person that gets hangry going on a 10-day fast, right? Clear the room, clear the house. But seriously, fasting is a must, it's not a law, it's not a legalistic focus, but it's a must. Stormy Omardian, who wrote a great book called The Power of a Praying Wife, talks about some practical uh, thoughts regarding fasting and she said, and then I thought, Husbands make our wives need to fast. That's probably true. Fasting is a spiritual exercise and discipline during which you give yourself completely to prayer and close communication with God. And then I like this part she said. You don't fast to get God to love you. He already loves you, and he will love you just as much whether you fast or not. But it's not about that. It's about sensitizing your soul to his Holy Spirit and to see him work mightily on your behalf. In other words, we should add fasting to our faith so that faith can be added to our walk. Vitally important. I love the definition that the late Eugene Peterson gives on fasting when he said, an appetite-denying discipline to better concentrate on God. I think he broadens the definition beyond food and he says it is an appetite denying discipline. And I think sometimes it would be even more challenging uh, to deny other things. For instance, an appetite denying discipline, perhaps one might need to deny some social media time or media time in general to better concentrate on God. Like, If I can't leave my phone behind while spending time with the Lord, maybe it's not about tasting problems, but texting problems. Fasting. Fasting is all over the Word of God. But I don't think it's all over the world. In the Bible, there are times of fasting mentioned. I want to go over a few of them with you this morning. During a time of mourning... Over a warning. There are times in the Bible when a man of God or woman of God would be warned by God and they mourned over what the warning. For instance, Daniel. Daniel in chapter 10 had had a vision from God about the unfolding of his plan for Israel, the coming of the Messiah. Included in the vision was the persecution by the Romans in the first century, and even to the end of days where the Antichrist. And his persecution against God's people is mentioned. And it moved Daniel so deeply that he fasted for 21 days. Nehemiah is another. Nehemiah found out that Jerusalem was without protection from the enemy due to its walls having been burned down. And so he mourned and he wept and he fasted And ask God to give him favor and an audience with the king. And God did that and so much more. Times of fasting are all over the word of God. Here's another one. People fasted when they were spiritually searching, spiritually hungry. One time, a man by the name of Cornelius was fasting and praying to a God that he didn't even know knew him. Cornelius was called a God-fearer. He was a non-Jewish person that had a respect or a faith in the God of Israel, or the God of the Jewish people. And it says that he was praying to God continually when he had a vision to contact someone by the name of Simon Peter. Cornelius and his family and friends that day gathered and listened to Simon Peter preach about Jesus and before he was completed his message, Cornelius, his wife, family, and friends, all were filled with the Holy Spirit and became the first non-Jewish converts to Christ because he had fasted and prayed and sought God with his spiritual hunger. The early church fathers were fasters. The early church fathers like Jerome and Athanasius and Clement of Rome and John Chrysostom all practiced fasting not as a law, but because they were hungry. Martin Luther was criticized because he fasted too much. John Calvin fasted and prayed until almost the entire city of Geneva turned to God. A great reformer, Scottish reformer, by the name of John Knox, fasted and prayed and his prayers moved In so many powerful ways that Mary, the Queen of Scots, said that she feared no weapon like she feared the prayers of John Knox. Jonathan Edwards, who was God's instrument in the revival in New England, the great awakening that came into our country, fasted and prayed. He fasted 22 hours straight prior to preaching his famous sermon Sinners in the hands of an angry God. John Wesley fasted twice a week. D.L. Moody, one of the greatest evangelists of the earlier part of this country's history, prior to the Civil War, was a person who fasted. During the prayer revival in 1859, during Moody's time, Christians fasted during their lunch hours and attended prayer meetings in churches near their places of work. In two years, one million people came to Jesus Christ. This was before the Civil War broke out in the United States, two years after that. Spiritual hunger. The Bible talks about a time of fasting when spiritual advancement against the enemy's tests and strongholds are needed like in Luke 4 at the beginning of Jesus' ministry. Luke 4, it says that Jesus went down into the baptismal water and was filled with the Holy Spirit. And then it says he was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And he fasted for 40 days and nights. And then Satan came. Satan said, Turn these stones into bread if you're the son of God. Throw yourself off the pinnacle of the temple. Prove to the people who you are because the Bible says God will protect you. I'll give you all the empires of the world. And he showed Jesus all the empires of the world in a moment of time and said, all you need to do is bow the knee to me. And Jesus said, be gone. Satan. See, Satan came and Jesus was ready. He came out after the tests from the wilderness. He went into the wilderness filled with the Spirit in Luke 4. And then after the battle with the devil, he went into the wilderness filled with the Spirit And it says he came out of the wilderness in the power of the Spirit and went into the synagogue and said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me to proclaim deliverance to the prisoners and set the captives free. Times of fasting are when we need to make spiritual advancement against the enemy's tests and stronghold. Prayer with fasting for 40 days to go face to face with the devil. John said the son of God was manifested to destroy the works of the devil. There are some dark powers that cannot be driven out unless a stronger power encounters them. Some dark powers are too intense to defeat without fasting added To praying. Remember the story in Mark 12, I think, or 9? I think it was Matthew 12, Mark 9. Remember the story, the the young boy, he had a demonic stronghold in his life. And it would seize him. And and, And it says, his father said, and at times would throw him into fire or into water, seeking to murder him. That's not an illness, that's a a demonic stronghold. The disciples couldn't cast it out. Jesus did with his word. And afterward, the disciples asked him why they couldn't do it. And he said, because of your unbelief, yet this kind, meaning, I don't understand that, but there are different power powers and principalities in the kingdom of darkness. And Jesus said this kind does not come out except by prayer and fasting. Fasting. Maybe there are demonic powers that we can defend ourselves against without fasting and maybe in order to advance the kingdom into their realm and drive them back Maybe that won't happen unless there is fasting. So, fasting is a must. It's a must. Fasting is a must when your disciple heart is weakened. The Bible talks about in the last days, seducing spirits and things taught by demons will influence even some believers. Paul says that to Timothy. Here's a demonic lie. Here's one. Believers in Jesus can dabble in fleshly sin without serious consequences because they're covered by the blood. That's a lie. Paul, speaking to the Corinthian Christians, used one of their famous popular cultural uh, philosophies of the time when they say, I have the right to do anything. But then Paul would counter and say, but not everything is beneficial. They would say, I have the right to do anything. But then Paul says, but I will not be mastered or overpowered or dominated by anything. See, some lies and delusions have to be exposed and cast out of the modern day church before they birth a lasting deception in the modern day church church. Here's demonic lie number two. The American church will experience religious freedom in every generation without having to fight for it in every generation. That's a lie. What we don't contend for or against in one generation will be the new normal in the next for your children, grandchildren. Fasting is a must when our discipleship heart is weakening. We're not following up close. We're like Simon Peter before he fell, he was following Christ at a distance. The Bible says that the Antichrist spirit seeks to wear out the saints of the Most High. Mentions that in Daniel, in the end of days. Paul said, quote, that the mystery of lawlessness is already at work in his day, pointing to a time when that spirit will incarnate in a human man. He called him the coming lawless one. Jesus said, because sin will abound, the love of many, thank God not all or most, the love of many will get cold near the time of his coming. But the good news is, the good news, the good news is the power of the Holy Spirit cannot be conquered in you or in me or in our kids, even if the devil himself set his sights on you. That is, that is, if you, if I, Am strong in the Lord and in the power of his might, and put on the whole armor of God and resist him. But, but, if we play fast and loose with the grace of God, not a chance, not a chance. So, fasting is a must. Not a half to, but a must if we're going to conquer. It's a must when our discipleship heart is weak, weakening. So Paul wasn't exempt. We aren't exempt. Paul describes what it's like to tighten up your discipleship in the next verse, 1 Corinthians 9. No, I strike a blow to my body and make it my slave. So that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. Peterson says, an appetite denying discipline to better concentrate on God. There's a chapter in the Old Testament prophets, the book of Isaiah, the 58th chapter of Isaiah. It's the fasting chapter. It's the gold chapter. Star chapter explaining God's view about fasting and the attitude we need to have in a fast in order to really be heard by God and watch God move powerfully. The whole chapter, I'm gonna read it, not the whole chapter, but in the message paraphrase, it is just so clear. It's so down where we live. Just listen to a little bit of it. God says to Isaiah, shout, a full-throated shout, hold nothing back like a trumpet blast shout. Tell my people what's wrong with their lives. To all appearances, they're a nation of right-living people, law-abiding, God-honoring. But they complain, why do we fast and you don't look our way? Why do we humble ourselves and you don't even notice? God answers and says, do you call fasting a time to parade your humility? This is the kind of fast I'm looking for that will break the chains of injustice, free the oppressed. I'm interested in seeing you do this. Share your food with the hungry. In other words, don't just deny yourself a food, give some away. Invite the homeless poor into your homes. Yeah, this is in the Bible. Put clothes on the shivering ill-clad and be available to your own family. Do this and the lights will turn on. Your righteousness will pave your way. The God of glory will secure your passage and then you will pray and I will say, here I am. Get rid of unfair practices. If you're gonna fast, fast being unfair, he says. Fast blaming people. Quit gossiping about other people's sins. If you're generous with the hungry and give yourselves to the down and out, I will make your lives glow in the darkness. Your shadowed lives will be bathed in sunlight. You'll be like a well-watered garden. Man, isn't that powerful? And then he talks about whether or not you should hang out with the people of God and sit under the word of God. He says, If you treat the Sabbath day as a day of joy, God's holy day as a celebration, you say, well, that's the Old Testament. That's the Old Covenant. Well, does that mean then that God says, okay, in the New Covenant, you never have to worship God. You're free. That's not, see, it's not like, well, the Old Testament said don't kill, so the New Testament, now we can kill. No! Same way with God's day. If you honor it by refusing business as usual, making money, running here and there, Then you'll be free to live in the joy of God. And I'll make you ride high and soar above it all. That's in the Bible. Isaiah 58. It's the gold star chapter on fasting. And the attitude that we need to have when we fast. Because we're in such a difficult climb. A difficult walk. An enemy is engaged against us. Wow. I wanted us to hear that. No sense in fasting if our hearts aren't tuned into the harmonies of God's mercy and love and justice and worship and time. See, we can't overcome dark powers when our flesh is in agreement with dark powers, I said all that to bring us to this last point. I said all that because there is a reason I'm sharing a message about fasting. I believe we need to add fasting to our prayers now. Here's my reason. Fasting is a must when you see the storm clouds of war approaching. I believe we are in prophetic times. Not necessarily the end times but prophetic times. I believe there's a spiritual war and many believers haven't shown up for it. There's a spiritual war that we need to fight for the souls and the soul of the church, of our nation, right now. And this spiritual war lines up with what the Holy Spirit says through the prophet Joel in the third chapter. He's talking about a spiritual engagement that the enemy has already determined to bring against God's people. And he's calling... We're going to read for an answer back from God's people. Look how the prophet poetically, beautifully, powerfully describes this war. Proclaim this among the nations. Prepare for war. Rouse the warriors. He's talking about the men and women of God. Let all the fighting men draw near and attack. Notice the next. Beat your plowshares into swords and your pruning hooks into spears, and let the weakling say, I am strong. This isn't a fight with men, women. This isn't a fight with races and politics. This is a fight against dark powers that the stained glass don't keep out. Come quickly. All you nations from every side and assemble there. Bring down your warriors, Lord. We're calling on God. Just like Daniel found out that Gabriel and Michael were battling in the heavenlies during that 21 days of Prayer and fasting that Daniel was engaging in with God. And we don't know this has gone on. A revelation and unveiling behind the curtain, behind the skies. And Gabriel says, I have been fighting a demon prince that rules over the nation of Persia for three weeks. Trying to bring this to you. We don't have a clue what's behind all of this stuff. Multitudes, verse 14, multitudes, multitudes in the valley of decision. That's why we must engage. That's why we must fight back on our knees in declaration, in prayer, in fasting. Because some don't, this kind, some kind, the spirit of murder on a nation must be driven back by a power stronger Fasting helps us get control. You say, "Well, I don't know what's going to happen, even if we pray." I've been praying. Well, here's the thing: whatever happens, it could be that the prayers of God's people restrain when evil happens, so it doesn't advance beyond. Well, I thought God was in control, and God said, "I thought you were going to pray." He calls us to this. It's a mystery. It's a mystery how that heaven and earth work together. Fasting helps us to get control of the lack of discipline in our own discipleship. There are some of us that are too loose with a grace that hasn't given us permission to be loose with it and it hasn't produced out of our lives the loosening of people from strongholds who don't have grace. Some of us are like on a cruise ship with the Lord, and we're not on a battleship, while a war is raging. And you and I have to win some private battles in order to be able to conquer principalities that are over regions. There is a spiritual war coming upon us. And it will be reflected in the natural in our country with division and deception and demonic hate. We must fast and pray. If Jesus, John the Baptist, or the prophets of Israel walk the aisles of our churches, walk the streets of our cities tonight and then they called us all together. Don't you think they would call us all to a fast? My friends, whether you live near or far? Whether you're watching this and you're home it's close enough to this church building that you could walk here on Sunday for our outdoor service. Or somehow the wind of God took this message to where you are in Iowa. Texas. West Virginia. There is a war that's been declared by the princes of hell and one that must be declared by the princes of the kingdom and the priests of God Most High. Stop the plague, drive back darkness, deception, delusion, division. I call it demonic hate. There is a hate rampant that's beyond normal it's raging, it's crazy eyed it's demonic and the only way to bind a strong man is to be stronger than the strong man and we need the power of the Holy Spirit to visit our lives our churches, our families, our households our cities, our streets our nation. Our world, it is a time for prayer and fasting. My friends, I invite you to join me. Not locally, not in person necessarily, although we might put something like that together. But I invite you, I call you, I urge you to join me and others. The week of September the 20th through the 26th. It's actually prophetic times. It's the season of the fall feasts of Israel, the feasts of trumpets, the day of atonement, Rosh Hashanah. Actually, it's on my birthday this year. It's prophetic times. Don't you think God knows that? God knows that. A time for us to call on the Lord, to fast, to pray, to get clean, get right, get under control. Become the disciple God has called us to become in the power of his grace, washed in the blood of the lamb, filled with his word, burning with the fire of the Holy Spirit, with nothing but love, mercy, honesty, truth, grace, and liberty to offer those who even come against us. In the name of Jesus, a call for a time for prayer and fasting, September 20th through the 26th, and we'll give you more information on that. Whoever you are, wherever you are, listen, you don't have to be a prophet to realize that we need a visitation from God. Would you join me in prayer right now? Heavenly Father, none of us, none of us have any reason to point a finger at anyone but ourselves. But not in a way that the accuser would would point out everything to paralyze us in fear and guilt and condemnation and inactivity. Resisting him as men and women covered in the blood of Jesus with white robes that don't come from man, they come from heaven. We say, search me, O God. Know my heart. Try me and know my mind. See if there be any wicked way in me. Cleanse me and lead me in the way. Everlasting, Lord. Lord. I pray that pastors and leaders, brothers and sisters, young and old, would hear your voice and the powerful wind of the Spirit would grab us and draw us and quicken the spirit of prayer in the church in the United States, regardless of denomination affiliation, regardless of white or black or Hispanic or Korean, regardless of nationality, Lord, the wind of the spirit would grab a hold of us and quicken us to offer up a prayer with fasting and repentance and faith. To him who sits upon the throne, ruler over the kings of the earth and the demons of hell who plot to break the chains of the anointing off the people of God, Lord, for the, for the glory of your name, answer, as Elijah said, God of Israel, Lord, Answer by fire and put out the fire of hate in the heart. Shine your blazing light to expose lies and deception and delusion in high places and in behind every corner, Lord, even from the pulpits. May we humble ourselves and be melted before you in holy fear before the one who has eyes that blaze like fire and whose words are like a two-edged sword and bring your bride to a place of holiness before God and humble sacrificial servanthood toward one another in the world. We pray, we pray for prayers and fasters. Meet together in Jesus' name, amen.